You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, we're looking forward to picking up right where we left off last week in part one. Uh, And in part one, we were asking the question of why do people act like they do? Why do people do, why'd you do that? I mean, why'd you act like that? Why did you respond to this situation like you responded to it? And without a clearer understanding of how God made us, 1 Peter 4, 10, each has received a special gift. And you, you just have to understand that you are gifted by God. You are wired by God. And it, it doesn't matter whether your parents wanted you, whether your parents didn't want you, whether you, you, your dad wanted a boy and you came out as a girl and some us born in great situations, some of us born in difficult situations. See, God knew all of that. God, and that's why he only uses a male and a female as an incubator. He's the one that connected that DNA. God is the one that picked that child to be born. God formed you in the womb and he gifted you. You are uniquely gifted by God and so is everybody around you. We are gifted and we're wired very differently. And without an understanding of the giftings, or or we call today, most people call them our personalities or personality traits, without the understanding of these giftings in Romans 12 and in 1 Corinthians 12, you're doomed to a life of frustration with everybody else. Because six out of seven people are totally wrong. Because six out of seven are different than you. And why did you do that? You're frustrated with co-workers. You're frustrated with members of your family. You're frustrated with people around you. You just can't believe what they did. Well, you got to understand the giftings, not only for others, but you have to understand the giftings for yourself. We're going to talk a little bit about this. You can turn to Romans 12, 6, 7, and 8. You can follow with me. These giftings are a blessing to us. These giftings are a blessing to our home. These giftings are a huge blessing to the church. These giftings are a blessing to our community. And these are the, the gift, the wiring of God that motivates each of us for our part in tending the garden. We talk about this, the key to this is when outside of the lordship of Jesus, what is meant to be a blessing can destroy you and all those around you. Now, the, the point that I want to make in this Part two, the the point that I want to make and go over and over and over is the fact that the devil, and always know this, the devil cannot create. The devil is not a creator. The devil cannot create. So what that means is he has to take what God created and he's got to pervert that and use that. Oh, that's devil music. 
No. Music is God's that the devil has taken and perverted that. See, and, and you don't say, well, that's the devil's stuff. The devil don't have no stuff. He's not a stuff maker. He's got to take godly things, things that God created, things that God placed here to be a blessing, and then he's got to use that and twist that to destroy you and destroy those around you. So that's what we want to talk about, the fact that there are many divorces, there are many children that hate their parents, there are many jobs that are lost, there are many people with no friends, there are people who are just weird. They're weird. They're they're weirdos. You look at them and think, you're a weirdo. Why? Because of the gift that God has, has been allowed to be perverted and mishandled by that person, and now you're weird. Well, where'd that come from? It came originally from what God put in them that they're not able to manage and control and administrate over. That's why I want us in this church to get a good understanding of the giftings of God. Now, in part one, we talked about each of these seven gifts in the flesh, what they are outside the lordship of Jesus, our natural born instincts. And we talked about in the spirit, the gift under the lordship of Jesus. There's no way I'm not going to reteach all that we taught in part one. Uh, We spent a lot of time. If you missed last week, go back to the podcast and, and go over what we talked about last week. But I just quickly want to to do a real fast recap to get us back up to speed with where we were when we taught this last week in verse 6, 7, and 8. And, and, and to make sure I, t- I tell you this, everybody in the world is one of these. Most everybody is two of them. And then most everybody is maybe two with a little tendency of this. And we're going to end uh, this session with talking about the more you mature in the Lord, then the more you walk in all seven of these. Very quickly, let's go over this list. The prophet, you remember we talked about in the flesh, this personality is demanding, overbearing, inflexible, frustrated, strong-willed, domineering. We talked about the fact in the spirit, this person is bold, perseverer, a problem solver, a discerner, committed person. The the prophet gifting is very direct with their words, sees all of life in black and white, right and wrong, rigid lines on issues, looks for evidence of repentance in somebody. What did you hear they got saved? Their response is, well, I'll see if they did. I'm not excited about them getting saved last week. I'll see in the next two years if they did. See, they're very black and white, very rigid. They want proof. Let me just see. I'm not impressed the fact they went down to the altar. Let's see what happens in the next couple of years. See, they demand a high standard. In the flesh, this person has very, very, very few friends because they're always correcting everybody. A trait that that is pretty obvious is this person is very well admired by people, but not very well liked by people. They admire this person, but they don't like being around them. Nobody wants to be 
Nobody wants to be corrected at every word out of your mouth. We don't want to be corrected all the time. Uh, This gift seems like they have to be in control. And, and, And this gift has got to be controlled. You that have this gift, you got to know when it's time for your gift and when it's not time for your gift. See, you got to be a discerner of the situation and know I need to wait in here or you need to know right now we're at a Christmas party and nobody came here for me to tune on them. (laughs) Although they may need it. And no doubt you're the one to hand it out. But we're here trying to have a little get-together and have a little Christmas party, and I didn't come here for you to pull me over to the side and get in my face and correct me. So this person has got to discern when it's time to wait in and when it isn't. The server. The server quickly spots practical needs and feels compelled to meet them. The, these, the server comes over to your house with a group of people. They're going to be in the kitchen. They, what can I do? What can I? When anybody asks you what can I do, pretty much that means they don't want to do anything. They just want to feel good about asking. Because the server won't say, what can I do? What do you need me to do? Server's just going to roll up their sleeves and get in. If there's some dirty dishes, they just start washing them. They know, well, where's the soap? It's always on the sink or right under the sink. Oh, well, where's the soap? Well, what? You know, the server's just going to roll up their sleeves. And, man, they're going to get to serve. Here, obviously, everybody's here. They need something to drink. I'll find the ice. Well, where's the ice? It's always in the deep freeze. Isn't it amazing? Open it up. Get the ice out. Start serving people. See, the server will just line up and get in here and get involved. But they're going to hook up, and they're going to make a hand where they are. And they meet needs in practical ways. This person will sacrifice their own needs to serve others. This person is just a great person. They're great people to have. They're great people to have around. Now, the problem with this person is they have a difficult time saying no to any request. Can you do this? Yeah, I can do that. Can you volunteer for that? Hey, we need volunteers. Yeah, I'll do that and this. Yeah, I'll teach the nursery and I'll help with the Eagles group. When we need somebody to mop, well, I'll be down there and vacuum. Well, I'll come and mop. You want to mop and vacuum? I'll do both. Whatever is going on in the community, they're going to be at it and be a part of it and volunteer for it. And in, and in a week, they'll be the president of that group. They just, and the problem is they get their life so entangled by saying yes to so many requests that they end up destroying their own life. They destroy the lives of their family because they have now sucked their family into doing all of the stuff that they have said yes to. Uh, The server enjoys manual projects. They love being around people. Uh, They need recognition and appreciation from people and, and, and they operate on a high energy level. The problem is, is that where everybody out around them, I didn't sign up for that. No, I'm not going with you to do that. And you need to call and tell them you're not coming to do that. The server has to be careful because they'll kill themselves. They will literally kill themselves by being involved in everything that's going on. You, you, you got too much going on. You've said yes to too many things. Move on, the teacher. Uh, the, the, now, now, this Eden a vocation. This is a personality type. The teacher can be in any vocation. They're not necessarily a school teacher, but this is a personality 
type, they believe the discovery of truth is foundational to everything else. They love to study, they love research, they love truth, they love facts, and they like to teach what they know. They like to tell, okay, did you know, did you look up, did you know how far the moon is from there? Did you know how many times you're, what, did you know what, did you know how many bricks are in, do you know how much concrete costs per, now look at that, they're pouring concrete, do you know how, let me tell you about concrete and how they make concrete. The teacher's got to teach people all the time, everywhere they are. Now, the teacher evaluates all ideas by what they know. And, and the teacher can be pretty unemotional toward other people because they're concerned with the facts, getting the facts, and teaching the facts. They're not into the emotion of the event. They want to hear the facts, not the feelings. And the teacher, you'll hear them say, it's way too much drama here. It's just way too much drama. I'm sick of all this drama. Oh, my Lord, the drama's over the top. See, they're not into the feelings of any of this. I don't, I don't need any feelings here. Now, the problem with the teacher gift is they can be fairly insensitive to emotional needs. Uh, because they just don't, they don't see them. This person's very disciplined. This person is very impatient with other people. They should have known that. They should have known that. Why did they not know that? How dumb can you be? Why did you not already know that? See, they're put, really put off by what other people don't know. And I can't believe you didn't know that. You got to be careful you, with a teaching gift. We don't want a lesson right now. We're just driving down the road, enjoying a beautiful day. And no, I don't care about the photosynthesis in leaves. I I don't care anything about that, nor do I want you to. You know, it's very interesting, those leaves right there. And then they go into this whole biology lesson. I don't want to know any of that. I I don't want you in just always teaching everybody in the car something about something all the time. The exhorter. This one encourages other people. The exhorter is always very, very positive. This person loves people. This person loves to counsel people and loves to motivate people to do better because you're going to do better because life is going to be better. Uh, And it just sees people as opportunities for getting better because they're going to do great things. Now, you, you got to be careful with this gift because this gift can be very, very presumptuous, and this gift gets into things very unprepared because it's going to be great. It's just going to be the greatest thing in the world. Okay, well, who's going to do what? Who's going to do first? Who's, it's, going, it's going to be great. Oh, y'all got to come. It's going to be great. What time do we come? I'll just whatever y'all get there. Let's, let's go, let's go, oh, it's going to be great. Okay, well, what's going to happen? See, this person can be very impulsive because it's going to work. Pretty much flies by the seat of their pants. They're just not near enough thought and near enough planning because it's just going to be the greatest thing in the whole wide world, except you forgot to tell anybody about the event you were hosting. The exhorter, you got to be careful, exhorters. The giver, the giver is very generous with their money, The giver is very generous with their time, with their energy, with their possessions. Uh, The giver likes to help distressed people. They They gain pleasure 
from giving with no recognition. They just get their pleasure from giving and seeing that person helped. Uh, the giver sees giving as a good investment. I'm investing in, in people. Now, you got to be careful because the giver can be led in their giving by emotions. Uh, and the giver, if not being very careful, will buy friends, will be wasteful, will be extravagant, buys and spends needlessly. Wait, you didn't think that through before you just gave to it. So the giver can, can spend very unwisely because their first thought is just give to it. Well, hold on. We, we don't need to give to that right now. The administrator, uh, some of your translations say leader. They accept the responsibility for a project and they quickly move to organize getting that project done. Uh, the administrator, another word you could say, this person is a facilitator. They have a remarkable ability to subdivide the project into attainable small task goals and get everybody assigned and get the job done. The, 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 the administrator or the leader likes to identify, clarify goals, and then utilize people and resources to accomplish those goals. And they just love new challenges. They love that they can't hardly finish this challenge. They're ready to take on the next challenge. They're ready to, let's get this done. And here, you handle this and you handle that. And let's make this happen. Now, this gift has got to be very, very careful because projects become much more important than people. People are nothing but just something that this person needs to get the goal done. And, and this person is very bossy, takes over, runs over people to get the job done, is too hard, is so goal and project oriented that it's not they could care less about other people's feelings, is they don't know anybody has any feelings. Totally oblivious to any feelings along the way they're so goal oriented and project oriented that feelings just never come into bear the only problem is people are emotional people and you, you got to know that hurt their feelings the way you just chart you told them to do it you saw they weren't getting it done so the heck with them here you do it well wait a minute I thought you asked me to I did 30 seconds ago and I didn't see you jumping so I'm on to the next person. We got to get this job done. I care less if you get mad. Just get glad in the same panties you got mad in. I don't know what you got to do, but we're going to get this done. I mean, this person runs over people. But this gift can really make things happen and can really accomplish great, great things. But you got to be careful that you get so goal-oriented that you have no feeling about people. The gift of mercy some of your translations say kindness. Th this gift has a tremendous capacity to love. Uh, this gift attracts people who are hurting. Um, this, this gift puts off decisions 
just, well, I'll, 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 I, I don't know. I, uh, uh, I, I don't know. That, that this gift puts off any type of conflict. Uh, 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 well, no, 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 uh, no, no. Uh, just, and you know, sometimes you just got to dive off in it. Well, this person just can't dive off in it. They just can't. Uh, this gift needs a friend who is in need. They just need a friend who is in need because then they get to, oh, bless your heart. Oh, this is terrible. Now, while the gift of mercy has many, many positive sides to it, the, the mercy gift has got to be very, very careful because you can be so indecisive and decisions is what makes the day happen. I mean, do you want to brush your teeth first or do you want to take your medicine first? Uh, well, the day is moving fast. We need to make that decision and move on to the next one. I don't care which one, just pull the trigger. But they're so indecisive, it's hard for them to really make the day happen. This person can be apathetic. This person can be very easy to hurt their feelings. Uh, this person, young people with a gift of mercy, you've you got to be very, very careful. This person can marry five different men that are all alcoholics. I mean, because they, bless their heart, they're going to get better. They're going to get better. Well, let's let them get better before I marry them. But, you know, this person is drawn to hurting people, and so they surround themselves with hurting people. I mean, they'll go into business with a, with a real loser. The, the, the mercy gift, be careful because we see you on TV. You're the one that cons and scam artists make a living off of. Oh, bless your heart. They needed $5,000. Well, so did I. Uh, you know, it, you you got to be careful that people are not conning you and playing on your gift of mercy. You didn't help that guy by giving him that money. That didn't give him a leg up. You just perpetuated their problem. So mercy people, you got to be careful with your gift as as great a gift as, it, as, as all of them are. Uh, and we gave the example last week of the being in the host home, the, the example we always use teaching this, the host drops the cake. Uh, we talked in depth about this last week, the prophet gift. They jump up and immediately respond, that's what happens when you're not careful. See, if that's what happens when you walk too fast. That's what happens when you don't pay attention. See, the service person, here, let me help clean this up. The teacher will see that rug tripped and, she, and so what we need to do is put some, see if you'd put tape over the edge of, now they make tape and it's double-sided. And you can put it under there and then tape it down and nobody, see, see I got to teach you something in this deal. The exhorter, no problem. Everybody here had too much for supper. Not anybody here needed cake. There is no problem here whatsoever. Everything's great. No problem at all. See the giver heads right to the door. I'm going to go buy another one. I'll fix this by buying something. I can fix this whole problem by going to buy something. The administrator we talked about jumps up. Jim, you get the mop. Sue, you grab a wet rag. Here, Bob, you get the vacuum cleaner. Here, George, you push the table back. Get the chairs back. See, the administrator is going to immediately swing in to job assignments and getting this project handled. Now, the administrator probably is not going to do much, but boy, they're going to boss everybody and organize everybody around them. And whoo, now we got that done. 
Yeah, wait, wait to jump in there and help us. We talked about the fact the mercy gift is just going to fall right down in the floor. Cake, just sit, plop right down the middle of the cake. Rub their fingers and their hair. Bless your heart. And they just rocking back and forth and crying because this is just the worst thing that could ever happen. I am so sorry for you. Now, as we talked about that last week, here is the problem. The problem is, for you... The problem is, six of these people were shockingly wrong. See, that's the problem that you have to deal with. I can't believe the way you handle that. See, it's really bad when it's your mate. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? When you saw she was hurting, why did you jump up and start barking orders at everybody? I am appalled at the way you acted in there. See, the problem for you is six out of the seven people reacted totally wrong in this situation. Why were they wrong? Because it wasn't the way you saw it needed to be handled. I can't believe you were in there saying, bless your heart, that cake was about to get under that hardwood floor. That cost thousands of dollars. We'll bless your heart next week. Right now, we got to get that cake up off of that floor. See, I can't believe how you can't see what... So there is the problem that we deal with in life when you don't understand giftings and differences in people and why they do what they do. Now, church, we're placed here by God to tend the garden, to take care of business here. We have responsibilities here on this earth, and we have to understand our gifting. We have to understand other giftings. And and number one, you can't let your gifting destroy you. Number two, you can't let your gifting alienate us from others because they're wrong, the person that's wrong is the person you need in your life. And instead of being so irritated with my wife that I cannot take it another minute, I see my great need for her because she adds something to my life that I don't have. And so the very reason 40 years ago we were looking at getting a divorce is the very reason we stayed together. See, you've got, you got to understand this. I, I'm, not, I'm not just put out and over the top with Paul because of the way he does. This church has to have him. I'm not just so frustrated with Josh that I just don't think he can stay around here another day. He's got to be a part of this team because he brings something to this body that I do not have. See, and that's not insecurity on my part. That's not inferiority on my part. I recognize giftings and I say to Josh, Josh, I have to have you do this because I can't. I understand he's got a call on his life and he's got giftings that I just flat don't have. Now, as we mature in the Lord, countless times over the last 30 years, I've told Paul, Paul, you've got to go and handle this. It wasn't because I'm too lazy to handle it. It's because I know I would have made a mess of that situation. And that situation needed his gifting, not mine. And there have been countless times when I said to myself, we certainly don't need Paul here. I'm going to have to handle this. Because I know I'm going to handle it totally different than he would. 
raising our two daughters, countless times in our marriage, Terry would walk out of their room and say, your turn, tag your it. Countless times they would come in from school and I, I could immediately assess the situation. They don't need correcting. They need mom to go in and hug on them and love on them and bless their heart because they didn't need what I was fixing to deliver. So if you're going to raise uh, good kids, you have to recognize giftings. If you're going to co-work, if you're going to cause something to happen, if you're volunteering and working on a team, see, you recognize the gift. Is this making sense to you? You recognize the giftings here and, and you start using the giftings that are among you. Every, we talked about the cake on the floor as just a funny example, and we all laughed a lot about that last week. But every moment of every day, everything that happens, there is a motivated reaction to the words out of your mouth. Where did that come from? Well, it comes from your giftings. Now, let's make sure that our gifting is being used at the right time, in the right place, in the right tone. Because there's a lot of hurt, a lot of anger, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of frustration because we don't understand our gifting. And more importantly, we don't understand others' giftings, nor do we see the need for others' giftings because you think you got the way to handle this. I can tell you by God what I'm going to, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what needs to happen right now. You are not gifted for this moment. And you got to be able to understand that. When you expect everybody in life to react and respond like you do, when the mercy hugs and puts their arms around somebody, you're going to be mad and frustrated. Good grief, get a mop. See, the mercy person is going to be very frustrated because you are so hard, you're so mean, and you're so insensitive. You are the most insensitive person that I know. I can't believe you just said that. Understand, God's plan, God's plan is to do a work here. And it can't be with one person. See, that's the reason church is essential. That's the reason it is essential that we all lock arms and work together That is the reason you can't get offended and get mad and leave this church. We need you here. Well, I can't believe they did that. Well, that's why we need you here. So every time somebody gets offended and mad and leaves, that is a vital input that we needed to be receiving. And so when people come here and are gifted and then leave and don't use their gift for one another, we're suffering. We are suffering in here. That is God's plan for the body of Christ. To get done what needs to be done in the body, it takes all of us in here. Someone gets sick and goes to the hospital. It's going to take all of us. It's going to take all of us. The mercy person is going to go up there in the hospital and sit all day and hold their hand. Somebody's sick at their house, the mercy person will go over to the house, sit in their bedroom on the edge of their bed and just sit there and stare at them all day. See, the giver is going to take flowers and books and magazines to them. 
Well, they can't lay in their, in their bedroom all day sick. They have to have some flowers. They have to have a magazine. See, what can I buy and take over there to make the situation better? See, the server is going to go to their home while they're in the hospital, and the server's going to go mow their lawn, going to go clean their kitchen, going to cook a meal, have a meal in the refrigerator when they get there. The server's not going to go to the hospital and visit them. The server's going to go to their house and serve and do some stuff while they're up there. See, the prophet, when somebody goes to the hospital, has no idea what to do. (laughs) So they end up doing nothing because they have no clue as to what to do. I don't, I'm not a nurse. I I don't, I'm going to take some pills up there to them. I mean, I don't know what to do. See, the teacher is going to go to the hospital and will have to. The teacher will just have to say, see, if you would be taking vitamin C, and if you'd take 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day, and had you been doing that for the last five years, you wouldn't be in the hospital right now. See, the teacher is going to, well, you don't drink enough water. See, let me tell you about water, and let me tell you how it hydrates the body. And see, water, and they're sitting there on ventilators, and you're telling about now water. See, it'll wash out the impurities. Here's what, see, you're going to, I mean, this person, and you got to teach them what they need to do to keep this from ever happening again in their life. See, the exhorter is going to go to the hospital and say, oh, you're going to be fine. I've known lots of people a lot sicker than you, and they walked out of here. You're going to be fine. This ain't no big deal. You'll be fine now, probably in a day or two. I know the doctor said you'd be here at least two weeks, but I wouldn't be surprised you don't leave in the morning. You're going to be fine. Everybody's always fine. The administrator hears that someone is in the hospital. Now, the administrator doesn't go to the hospital to visit them, but the administrator grabs, uh, grabs the phone. Bob, you got to go to the hospital and check on so-and-so. She's up there. Sue, you need to pick up their kids. So-and-so in the hospital. Now, somebody's got to be at the school to pick up their kids. Make sure that you handle their kids. Bill, you got to get organized some food. Get all the ladies in the church, organize food. You get a week's worth of food over at their house. Here, now, Sam, you take a lawnmower over and mow the... See, the administrator right there from their desk going to tell 10 people what to do because somebody's in the hospital. Then the administrator will go back to work doing what they were going to do. I keep saying this, but see, in life, whatever the situation is, you're going to be mad at six out of seven people. So-and-so's in the hospital. I can't believe you didn't go up there and visit them. I can't believe you didn't call to check on them. So I can't believe. Everybody is going to interpret what should have been done through their gift. See, my gifting with the prophet teacher You know, I look at the mercy guy that goes up there and sits at the hospital on the bed with him. Now we got two people out of the workforce. That's all I can think about. Well, why are you up there? We got nurses up there. We got doctors up there. What the heck are you doing in the hospital with them? Get back to work. Side, I don't know what you're up there for. See, you don't want me. By the way, if you go to the hospital, call Paul. Don't call me. I don't. Now, if I do come up to the hospital, it. It's going to be impossible. At some point in that visit, I'll have to tell you what you did wrong and why you're here and what to do next time so you won't end up here. I, I, it just, I can't help myself. I got to tell you something about your situation. Here my point is, you have to get a hold of this with your mate, with your children, with your friends, and, and you have to keep your gifting under the control of the Holy Spirit. That, your gifting has to remain under the control of the Holy Spirit 
and be a, your gifting is to be a blessing to other people and not run everybody off and make everybody mad. Come on, mercy. You've you, you got to make a decision. Come on, pull the trigger and step up to the plate. Administrator, you've got to stop making everybody around you mad all the time. Teacher, everybody in the family hates you. We, we just want to eat dinner tonight. Is that okay? Can we go to Sonic and get a hamburger? Do we have to have a lesson on the types of meat and how that patty was put together? By All the time? Here's the point. Revelation chapter 1, we looked at this last week. Revelation chapter 3. The Holy Spirit of God has seven spirits. Remember, remember us reading that. The Holy Spirit doesn't, isn't seven spirits. The Holy Spirit has seven spirits. The Holy Spirit is all of these in one. See who you are? Begin to mature in the Lord. I, I don't like teaching this. And then hearing people, <laughs> well, I'm that bad. Yeah, that's who I am. This isn't for you to laugh and justify who you are. This is for you to understand who you are and now work on coming out of that and being what you need to be for the situation that you not need to be in. Not, yeah, boy, I tell you, that's me. Well, that's me. Okay, if that's you, allow that old man to be crucified in Christ and the Holy Spirit to be the director of your life. Come on, mercy people, you be mature, be bold, make a decision. Come on, get it, make it, set a goal, pull the trigger. Teachers, you got to learn some parenting skills. Quit driving your kids crazy with an object lesson every single moment of all the time. Administrators, let your gift be a blessing to other. Quit organizing the life out of your family. So as we mature in the Lord, we begin to do this. Now, here's what I want you to understand. I've got to move quick. Understand this. There is no maturity when the mercy gift shows love. That, that's not maturity. Don't be, oh, isn't she so sweet? There's nothing wonderful about that. That's their gift. There's no maturity for me to stand here and teach. That ain't nothing for me. That's what I'm wired to do. What is amazing is when my wife has to go to a meeting right after supper and she comes home as the server of our family and finds that I've washed all the dishes, I've cleaned all of the kitchen, I've put everything in Tupperwares, I've put it up and she walks in and the kitchen's clean and the trash is taken out and a candle is lit. Now that's impressive. It's, it's no maturity for the teacher to tell the kids a lesson see maturity is when the teacher doesn't teach and goes out and has fun with the kids see that's maturity and and too many people think that they are a mature christian when they're operating in their gift no that's not maturity that's just operating in your gift maturity is when you operate outside of your gift that's when you're maturing in your walk with the Lord. And it's sad. It's sad. It's very sad to see the prophet having no friends because they run everybody off. The server killing themselves, being overcommitted all over town and all over the church and just utterly running themselves frazzled. The teacher running their kids and their mate off and the kids and the family hating them. The exhorter, their high expectations of themselves and everybody else is a constant disappointment because they fly by the seat of their pants. It's sad to see the giver out buying friends. It's sad to see the administrator being so bossy and so hard to be around that everybody avoids being around them because they're going to give you a job to do. It's hard 
to, it, it's, it's sad to see the mercy person being so indecisive that they can't make anything happen in the home. I want to finish by saying this. As a Christian, be led by the Spirit, not the natural instincts of the flesh, and use your gift to bless other people. Make sure your gift doesn't destroy you. Amen? Y'all stand. Lord, tonight we give you thanks for the understanding in your word of our giftings. Thank you for the way you've made us. And Lord, the fact that you've made us dependent on each other. Lord, we recognize our need for everybody here. And Lord, even the people that we find the most hard to be around, Lord, that we see them as the one we need the most in our life. Lord, help us walk in maturity. Help us not be so insecure that we're against everybody and their gift that Lord we are mature enough to see that I don't have all the keys to life and that I need other people Lord help us see our need for one another Lord we depend on you and we want to live our life Lord led by your spirit in Jesus name amen You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.